Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the We On One podcast hosted by David DeCapo. You are tuning into episode number four. Yeah, I know. Episode number four. I want to start off by saying thank you to everyone who submitted their questions and topics last week for episode number three. So if you haven't already, go back and listen um, just because a lot of the it'll make a lot more sense. So I want to start off by saying Again, thank you to everyone who who reached out and and gave feedback about the podcast and, you know, consistently always just, you know, giving me new ideas and new topics to talk about, Uh, because I know that, like, this is a podcast for the people. So I definitely do my best to make it by the people. Uh, Thank you to everyone again. So, you know, let's let's go ahead and dive right into it. So I want to start off by saying, you know, that I was having a conversation with my boy Lolo, a.k.a. Laurent. And he was he was reaching out to me and kind of letting me know that, like, he appreciated one of the main topics that I was talking about last week on episode three, which was the love language that, like, immigrant parents use, especially, like, in the Mexican household that I, I feel like a lot of people could relate to. You know, um, he said he really uh, felt the part about, like, growing up, how his mom would tell him, like, you know, if I didn't love you, I wouldn't cook or clean for you and I wouldn't do all these nice things for you. And I thought that was a very interesting it was very interesting to know that it's not just us in like the Mexican community that have to deal with stuff like that. I, I'm pretty sure it's like more of a broader thing that like anybody can really relate to. But it was really nice to like get that point of view from someone else. And I thought it was like a really cool it was really cool feedback because it, it kind of it, it's kind of like reassuring me that I'm on the right path. I'm doing the right things. I'm saying the right things and I'm listening to the right people. So. You know, you know, shout out to him. I, I appreciate him. And, you know, he's always given really good feedback about the show. So, you know, he's a he's a he's a key person that I look to, especially kind of just to see like what's going on and, you know, what are other people talking about? You know, obviously, I do my own research as well. Like every day I'm listening to different podcasts. I'm looking into like social medias and, you know, doing doing as much as I can to like be able to come back every week and just come up with like new, fresh topics. So that was really cool. And you know, I, I it, it really got me to thinking like, you know, I don't I don't want it to like I know that like I sounded like my parents don't love me or like, you know, I had like a really rough like childhood with them. But it, it really wasn't like that completely. Like it, I know that my parents love me because, again, like, you know, they're they just have different ways of showing it. Like I know that like my dad has like a really interesting story about like when he first came to America, he came to California. And when he worked in California, his first job at like 16 years old was picking uh, lemons and limes, like on one of those like little fields. And he would tell me every day, like, you know, especially like when I would start working that like you have to take pride in what you do because it's, um, you know, if you're even if you're like a janitor or you're like a cook, you know, do what you can to be the best fucking janitor or cook. And that's like real life shit. You know, I I and, and that's instilled in me till this day, because now like that I'm podcasting and then I do other things, I do my best to like. You know, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to commit to it 110 percent and I'm going to be that person who like is going to consistently always, you know, be on the lookout for new things and, 
new new topics to talk about just again just giving it 110 percent at all times because i don't want to half-ass some shit that i'm really passionate about because that will really translate into the content and it's something that he instilled in me as, a, as like a kid and he instilled that into like my brothers and my sisters so it's something that's really cool you know and it's something that one day i hope i can sit down with him and really talk to him about his upbringing you know i know that like he doesn't know what a podcast is in his world or in his mind like, I know that I, I called my mom a couple weeks ago, I think after episode one, and she was just like, you know, I heard you're on the radio now. And I'm like, I'm not on the radio. You know, so if if you guys see my mom or anything, if anybody knows my mom, don't tell her. You know, she thinks I'm on the radio. <laughs> so I think that's pretty funny. But, you know, shout out to her. She's she's she did great. And she did it. She did the best that she could with what she knew. And you can't expect someone to show you affection or to like show you, you know, certain things that you were missing in your childhood, especially when they didn't grow up with it. So it's more like of like a learned habit that she just had as she was a kid because she was growing up. She had to take care of her sisters. You know, I'm pretty sure she was one of like the older siblings. And I know that she would like tell me stories about like having to go out and work and having to quit school at such a, like an early age because she had to help out my grandparents, you know, raising her siblings. And I know that that's like that's that's the typical immigrant story like I know I hear that a lot like oh like my parent did this because you know they had to drop out of school because they had to be you know be a parent because our their parents were always working and I know that's like a common theme in like our in our culture and then just and across a lot of cultures because I know that you know going back to to my boy Lolo it, it felt really good to know that you know that these things are translating to all cultures you know these stories are, are translating and it's not just you know, one one group of people who is, who's listening to this and, and can identify with this. It's a, a broader, you know, audience now. And, and those things are amazing. And that's what I do it for. So I thought that was awesome. You know, so again, hopefully one day I can sit down with my dad and really talk to him. And hopefully maybe he'll be interested in coming on and, you know, sharing some of his stories. And I know that like my mom w- would probably come on too as well and, and talk about all these like Mexican superstitions that she has, you know, especially like I know growing up as a kid, my mom used to always tell me, like, don't go outside with uh, your hair wet because you're going to get sick or don't don't walk around the the cold floor with like no socks on. And like personally, I don't believe in those. I know that there are some that I do believe in. And I know I'm probably going to get like a shit ton of people that tell me, like, what are you talking about? If you go outside with wet hair, you're going to get sick. I don't believe it. I think that um, I, I just don't see how those two correlate with each other because I, I wake up every morning, you know, when I would have to drive into the office and I would shower every single morning and I would, in the middle of winter, negative fucking 10 degrees outside with, I guess, semi-wet hair. And yeah, like when I had my longer hair, when I used to have like the comb over, longer hair, slip back look, you know, the my hair would like freeze a little bit. So it definitely got like super stiff. I know that's a thing, but I never really got sick. Like I don't really get sick like that as like, just in general so I, I i don't know if if i can really say that that's like a true superstition that's real but i know that there's people who like die by that like say like you know if if you if you feel like you have like a stuffy nose or something it's because you walked you know you're walking around with no shoes on or no socks on and i know bells yells at our kids all the time like ari will be walking around with like no socks on and there's bells chasing her around the house like go put some socks on you know and i think that's hilarious because you know, I'm 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 the opposite. I I can't walk around with I walk around either in flip flops or barefoot in my house because my house is, you know, it's clean. So I walk around barefoot and 
you know, I, I encourage my kids to do so because I don't I don't find socks to be very comfortable, especially like when you're going to bed or when you're just like hanging around the house by yourself or anything. So it's really funny that we were, we're, we're constantly always going bickering at each other about stuff like that. And it's hilarious. But yeah, that's one thing. And I know that, you know, and just really diving into like these Mexican superstitions really has me thinking like, you know, I'm sure parents, you know, the parents out there can relate like when your uh, baby has like a wet diaper and they get the hiccups. I don't know how these two correlate. So don't come to me and be like, oh, these make no sense. I don't know how they correlate, but I heard and I've seen it, you know, with like Axel, like he'll have he'll have the hiccups. And sure enough, I'll, I'll check his diaper. and He has like a really wet diaper and then I'll go change it. And within like the next five minutes, he's he's fine. They're gone. You know, I'll even like do the things that I did as a kid. Like, you know, I'll try to like scare him a little bit like you know I'll, I'll creep up behind him and give him a little scare to see if it, if it, you know how they say growing up like if you want to get rid of the hiccups you got to scare them away but <laughs> it yeah it that doesn't always work it, it usually he has a wet diaper and that's usually what um what gets the the hiccups to go away and there's that one and i think there's another one the ojo bracelet i i know a lot of people especially like in hispanic culture like the ojo bracelet or the evil eye is like really prominent and really big thing because it it it's based off like giving babies like jealousy and like envy almost so it's like if you see a really cute kid and you don't like touch them or like you don't you know you don't acknowledge them a little bit like you touch their hand or kind of like hold them they get uh ojo and it's one of those like where they won't be able to sleep at night or they'll become like super fussy and the only way to get rid of it is to like get cleaned with an egg and you know get uh you know they, i think they do like you know you you would call your grandma over and she'll come over with like an egg or two and she'll like rub rub the baby down with the egg and you know give a couple prayers and then all of a sudden you know the baby's okay i i don't know if i've ever really i kind of do believe that because i do think that like energy is definitely or like bad bad vibes you know just in general bad vibes can be like given out i think that if you know, you walk around with bad energy, it definitely, like, can can stick. So, I definitely believe that the ojo is real. And I, I even walk around with, like, a little red bracelet, too, just to try to avoid it. <laughs> There's a lot of fucking people who don't like me, so I definitely try to keep one on me, you know, just in case I see someone who, who really doesn't like me or someone who really doesn't wish me any well. Um, You know, you see them and, you know, they fucking try to give me bad vibes and shit. Now I can't sleep at night. <laughs> Um, what is another one? And I, I wanted to make this a topic because I thought it was like really interesting. So like me and Bell sat down for like, I think a day and a half just trying to come up with like different ones. And they just kind of just started coming like as we were like, as the days came by. But one that I felt like I believe in, but she doesn't. And a lot of people don't believe in this one is the salt. So pretty much what this is, is you never hand someone salt. You always leave it on the table and you let, you know, you let someone else or whoever you're passing the salt to grab the salt off of the table or off of the counter or things like that. So that you're not transferring like salty energy. And I believe in it because I don't need anybody being fucking salty about the shit that I got going on. So, you know, keep that salty shit over there. Put the salt on the on the counter or on the table and I'll, and I'll go ahead and I'll pick it up. You know, Bells doesn't believe in that. Not a lot of people that I talk to believe in that. They think it's just it's. Again, it's a superstition. It's full of shit. 
And I don't even know if I would say, if I would classify that as a Mexican superstition. It's definitely more of like a, I would say more of just a broader one. You know, more like of a bad luck. You know, you don't want, you don't want to get bad luck. So you don't, you know, it's like sweeping someone's feet. Like, you you know, you try not to uh, sweep around someone's feet because it can potentially bring them really bad luck or for, for, I don't know. I don't know if it's like a, one of those things where like if you break a mirror, you get bad luck for seven years. But it's definitely one of those things. I know like. When I would be, when I used to work at like Buffalo Wild Wings and we'd be sweeping the line, I know that like my homeboy Chris used to tell me all the fucking time, like, hey, bro, don't sweep my feet, don't sweep my feet because I don't, I don't need that bad energy. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, yeah, you never heard if you sweep somebody's feet, you know, you're, you're giving them bad luck, you know? So I always thought that was a weird one. That's one of the ones, I, I think it's more of just of like a courtesy thing than it really is a superstition for me. Like, I wouldn't want somebody to sweep around my feet and bring dust all around my shoes or feet and anything like that. Just more, I like, respect. So, I think that one, I, I think I'll go ahead and, and, and say that I don't I don't know if I believe in that one. But, you know, it to each his own. And, you know, some people do. Some people don't. I don't. I, you know, <laughs> it's one of those ones, you know. What else? Uh, Then, this is one that I kind of have a little story about. And it's. Man, this one, this one's really creepy. So it's, it's with the foot. So when you sleep, your bed is facing the door. So the foot of your, the foot of your bed facing the door. And this is one that like throughout the years, I never really believed in. I just thought like, oh, it's, it, it's bullshit. But then, you know, obviously you start kind of like seeing shit or experiencing certain shit, you know, and it's just too many coincidences. So pretty much again like i was saying it's like sleeping with the the foot of the bed facing the door and the reason why i feel like there's a crazy story to this one is because when me and belinda were talking about making this list me and you know she helps me a lot with these things so you know i'm trying to go back and forth because she knows a lot about more of these superstitions that i do so we're going back and forth and she she brings this one up and i'm like i don't know if that i don't know if that sounds legit like i feel like if people hear me talk about that they think i'm just like trying to scare them or something so later on that night um, I think like around three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, Belinda says that she woke up in like the middle of the night because her monitors were were open. So Belinda works from home and she has like a little desk area and in that desk area. She has two monitors and every night once she gets off or she logs off for the, for the day, she'll lock them, you know, to keep the light on light off. She's you know, she has very she's very sensitive to light, especially like while she's sleeping. So. She's very, like, particular about, like, sleeping in, in, in complete darkness. Whatever. I don't mind it. It helps me fall asleep faster. So the fuck do I care? Um, but, yeah. So, I think she said, like, later on that night after we had the conversation about it, she woke up because there was light in her face. And when she looked up, her monitors were open. Now, in order for, for the monitors to, like, turn on, you have to physically go move the mouse. or You have to go hit the enter button. You know, you have to do stuff like that. You have to physically go out of your way to, like, turn it on. So... I thought that was really creepy, and it's it. I guess it's more like inviting like bad spirits into your room, kind of saying like, "Hey, like, you know, you're invited in here, and <laughs> that's not what we're doing." So fuck that. Like since then, you know, we we've been trying to come up with ways to like fucking re, I don't know, like moving the bed or something and figuring it out because we have a pretty uh, decent sized bed. So yeah, that that's one that I, f I definitely feel like is fucking creepy. If you guys know of any, if any of my listeners or anybody just in general, like from your culture or anything, know of any specific, um, you know, any any specific superstitions or, you know, things like traditions that you guys feel like you guys, you guys are comfortable sharing, you know, make sure you guys 
leave leave the comments down on, on the Instagram page and I'll do my best to get back to everyone as, as fast as possible. You know, I I'm we're active on there, I'm active on there. So, you know, I definitely do my best to reach out to everyone who reaches out to me. But yeah. So moving away from that, uh let's go ahead and and talk about more about what's going on, you know, in in the media and just really, you know, some of the stories that have been going on. So one of the stories that like I feel has been really sad and it's been very like it's really been sad seeing the way this story is developing is Astro World. And I know if you're listening to this, you're probably like, holy fuck, I'm I'm we're gonna talk about this shit again. Yeah, we are. <laughs> you know? Um so basically my take on Astro World is like this and is as follows. Do I think that Travis Scott is responsible for everything that happened that night? No. Do I think that he needs to be held accountable for some of the things that did happen that night? Yes. And hear me out. So I do understand that he's not the person responsible, you know, to to make sure that everything is going the way it's supposed to be, that there's enough security and police and, you know, backup and, and, and things like that in order for, you know, to, to keep the peace. Because also going into this, you know, you go to Travis Scott concerts, you know, you go to like Trippy Red concerts or Playboy Cardi, Little Uzi Vert and all those like more of like rappers that kind of take the aesthetic of like, you know, the rock and roll aesthetic, the mosh pit, you know, the the punk ex- aesthetic to their shows. And you know what you're getting when you go, you know, you know, that there's gonna be mosh pitting, you know, there's gonna be a little bit of like, you know, bumping into each other. But I think that this definitely was taken to like a whole completely different level. So the people who I feel like need to be mainly responsible for what's what's going on, aside from Travis Scott, is definitely the venue and the people putting on the show. I believe that, you know, the capacity for, for the arena or whatever was like 200,000, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, and they had about 50,000. So, you know, right then and there, you're listening to that, and you're like, oh, like 200,000 people could fit in the venue, but there was only 50,000. If anything, they're under capacity. Yeah, but they only had like 1,500 security, you know, personnel. So that alone in itself, like, you know, I, I'm not good with math, but I'm sure that, you know, the, the ratio is not not good at all. And, you know, it's definitely one of those things where, like, you have to be better prepared for things like that, especially knowing who you're bringing in and who is, you know, knowing kind of reading the room, knowing the audience that's coming to watch these shows. You know, you know that it's going to be kids or, you know, young adults and teenagers from anywhere between like the ages of 17 to like 25. And you know that the the culture that comes with this shit is like smoking weed and, you know, being being off of the drugs and shit and just being partying, you know. So I don't think that they I feel like they did know. But, that you know, of course, you don't expect things like this to happen. You know, you never throw a concert or, you know, you never do these things thinking like, oh, shit, like, you know, we're prepared for the worst. As you should be, though, because you do know that these things do happen. But it's really sad. You know, I, I was reading a story of this 10-year-old kid who who lost his life and he went to Astro World with his dad, you know, and condolences out to anyone who who lost their life in this tragedy and you know, maybe I should have started off with that, you know. And you know, because people lost their life and they, they, there is no um there is no price on that. You know, I don't think that a $400 ticket to Astro World can justify somebody losing their life. You know, no matter what the circumstances are and so back back to this um, ten year old, he went to Astro World and he was on top of his dad's shoulders, and then the crowd surge began to happen. 
a crowd surge is I you know from from my uh research is when the crowd starts to go crazy you know and everybody in the crowd is you know moving and bumping into each other and kind of just like stampeding each other so he ends up getting knocked off knocked off or you know bumped off of his dad's shoulders and then he falls and he's trampled and he goes to the hospital and I think about a week week and a half later he ends up dying from the injuries and that that, that shit's not cool like I know that I don't, I don't have to say that that shit's not cool because nobody thinks that that's cool, but it's it's really sad and unfortunate. And I know that a lot of people are going on these posts, you know, especially like on Instagram or on like Twitter and Facebook. Like, you know, if, you know, his dad shouldn't have fucking had him there, you know, the dad's getting a bunch of the backlash for it. And I understand. I get I get why people, their first instinct is to be like, well, where the fuck are the parents? Because that's usually what happens when cases of like kids and teenagers are you know, die, you know, they, they try to come up with a, I don't even know the word to say, like, they, they try to, like, rationalize it, or they try to carpamentalize it, I don't know, I know I fucked that up, but, you know, they, you know, they try to justify it, you know, they'd be like, you know, where are the parents, the parents should have been there, you know, the parents should have definitely of, like, known where their kid was at, but in this case, the dad was there, you know, and I'm sure that the dad wasn't, wasn't there because he wanted to be there i think it's one of those things where like you know this kid you know travis scott was this kid's you know favorite rapper you know i'm sure he saw him on on the Fortnite, you know and all that shit and was like you like this is the guy like this is the the guy who's my favorite rapper and my dad surprised me with these really expensive tickets to come see him because i don't see a dad really going out of his way to buy 400 500 um general passes or whatever they're called to take a to take a 10 year old if it wasn't for a special occasion so I I know that like a lot of people think it's just it's easy to be like you know that it's the dad's fault, but I know that with his intentions and as a dad myself I know that his intentions were pure. It wasn't to go put his son in danger or anything like that. He just really wanted to uh you know take it take his son to see his favorite rapper and kind of like share that bonding time. You know that that's something they're probably bonding over. You know so it's definitely like really sad to see people just kind of just bullshit and you know instead of like deflecting who should be responsible for this shit and again like i said i don't think that travis scott is 100 uh, you know like at all innocent at all for, for any of the any of the shit that had happened i do think that he does hold a, a, you know he bears a little bit of responsibility you know this is the same guy who has grown men wearing fucking mcdonald's t-shirts with his name on it you know who the fuck wears mcdonald's t-shirts if you don't work at mcdonald's and I know I sound stupid because people who know me know that I, I bought one of those stupid ass shirts and it took them six fucking months to get to me. And when I finally did fucking get it, I was like, yeah, I don't know if it was worth the wait, but it's cool, I guess. And his fan base is like a cult. Because if it, if it wasn't, there wouldn't be people out here really caping for this guy and being like, yo, he, he doesn't deserve he doesn't deserve the blame and at all. And then, you know, he goes off and he poses like what I feel is like a bullshit as apology. You know, it definitely was forced. And I think anybody who can just has any type of common sense or has any type of like regular social skills can pick that up and be like, Yo, this guy's bullshit. And he's literally just I'm sure he feels bad. You know, I'm not going to go off and, and fully say like this guy's like a psycho and he doesn't he doesn't have feelings and shit like that. And he's fucking so narcissistic that he doesn't see the error in his way or he's a socio and doesn't see the error in his way. But I definitely do think that it was um, it was it, it was it was a forced apology because I feel like he should have probably taken more time to really observe and 
kind of um you know let 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 what transpired really sit down with him that way his apology would have came across more genuine and do i feel like he should be canceled no because again i don't i don't think he he holds the blame to her because i know that there was videos that showed people like screaming and being like hey like there's someone here having a seizure or you know there're you know all types of shit going on and you know you have security ignoring them you know there's even a video where like he's like looking down right at as someone's like turning blue and they're performing CPR and it almost looks like as like he sees it ignores it and continues to perform now personally i've never performed for 50,000 people so i i'm sure that it's really hard to see anything in the crowd so i i understand that like there might have been a good chance that he did not fucking see that shit going on and he was just like, oh shit, like, you know, and just kept rocking and, you know, do, doing his shit. But, you know, there's also a part of me that says, well, maybe he did see it and he just fucking ignored it because it's so normal, I guess, to him. And that's the part that has me looking at him like, nah, it's a little fucked up, you know? Like I said, I don't think that he should be canceled, but I definitely it definitely changes the perspective that I have for him. As far as, like, if, you know, when I go to, you know, if I ever even get a fucking chance to buy his shoes to even, like, I definitely think twice about it. Like, I know that the type of person that he is is very, like, you know, more, obviously, more for the self-interest. And like I said, it, it's hard to to um, have millions of fans and be able to sympathize with everyone because you can't. And I understand that. But I do feel that when it's such a, when it's such, like, a closed-off thing where like it's just so like you know there's 10 people that came to your show and they lost their life i i definitely feel like they deserve a little bit more than just a you know bullshit apology and i do see i did read that he's you know he's offering to pay for funeral costs and be, he's in touch with the families and if that is true like good you know i i definitely think that he should be doing that because you know this should happen at his show with his fans so again i know a lot of people they they feel how they feel about these uh about Astro World, but that's just my take on it. I I feel like he should be held accountable and liable for for a certain percentage of it because it's a show. And like I said, if he didn't have the influence and the power to, you know, come across and 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 try to get people to be like him, then I'd be like, okay, there's nothing he could have done. But I've seen it firsthand. Like this man has grown men wearing his shoes, reselling them for like fucking mortgages. And the same shit, like, people, again, example, me, buying fucking McDonald's merch. Who the fuck is buying McDonald's merch, you know? So, it's definitely one of those things, again, condolences out to the family. You know, I'm, you know, truly from, you know, from, from us here at, at the We All One Podcast, you know, we definitely feel for you guys. And, you know, we hope that the healing begins soon, sooner rather than later because, you know, it's, it's fucked up. So, you know, to them. You know, again, condolences, and I hope that they they find the peace to be able to to move move on from it and move forward. And I know that it's going to be really hard because, you know, you're losing your child, you're losing, you know, life. So, yeah, that that's my take on it, guys. And you know, take what you want from that. And I hope that you guys can find at least a part of where I'm coming from with this because, again, I'm not trying to like get on the fucking bandwagon of, of this cancel culture bullshit that's like, you know, oh, he should be canceled. You know, cancel culture, you can only, it, it only happens if you allow it to happen. And if you have something worth taking. If you're fucking up the money, that's when they're going to come cancel you. 
So with that being said, like that also that also doesn't mean that you have the right to like say what you want, do what you want, and not expect there to be consequences for your actions and for your words. I'm all for like the freedom of speech and all that shit, but you know, going back to what I was originally saying in, in episode I think two, you can't expect people to not feel offended or not, you know, come back with like a certain reaction because, you know, you're playing with real life feelings. So again, cancel culture is only what you allow it to be and i don't think this is going to affect them i know that i did see that they pushed back his nike release but again those shoes are so fucking hot right now in, in the streetwear community that it's it's going to be hard to to cancel travis scott for real and you know again i'm i'm not i'm, not, I'm gonna be honest i don't think i'm gonna stop listening to his music i don't think i'm gonna stop wanting to you know if I ever get a chance to buy his shoes, but it definitely makes me feel different. You know, I'm definitely not rushing to listen to his music anymore. I'm definitely not going to rationalize spending a thousand dollars for fucking shoes that are worth one hundred and sixty dollars. Because at that point, you're not buying a thousand dollar shoes. You're buying, a, a you know, one hundred and sixty dollar shoes for a thousand dollars. So oh, that didn't go over your head. And you guys, you know, are getting where I'm coming from again. I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to. uh push it a little bit and, and, and try to hold people accountable because that's what it's about. If it, if you have to go to work and you have to be held accountable by the mistakes that you make at work, you know, and possibly lose your job for it, the same should be for, for anyone, for me, for Travis Scott, you know, for Kanye, for anyone who's famous and shit like that, that really loves to like push the envelope on shit. So yeah, those are my thoughts on Astro World, And that's all I got on that. So <laughs> I hope that, uh, I didn't, I didn't fucking bore you guys and shit. So if you made it this far into the podcast, I appreciate you. Uh, make sure you go and you follow the We On One podcast page on Instagram. You know, I'm trying to get 100 followers on there by the, you know, by the end of November. So if you're over there, go shoot, go shoot me a like, go do, you know, go interact, go engage with the, go engage with the page. So definitely is cool. So kind of like, you know, shifting in the, in the same direction as Astro World, like, you know, sports, you know, in, in the sports world. The Bulls are taking over again. I know you guys are probably just like, oh, fuck. You guys are probably going to turn off the fucking podcast now because we're talking about, you know, the Chicago Bulls. But, you know, they're definitely, you know, they're getting their shit together. Lonzo Ball's looking good. The Rosen is looking good. I know Vooch went down with a with an injury, but he'll be back. I think I read somewhere that it was going to be like four to six weeks, and that's not bad. You know, it's still the beginning of the season, so he'll be back. And hopefully we're still in, in, in the top three seeds of the East, you know, the beast in the East, so. I definitely see us um, getting back to what we once were, you know, with with the early prime Derrick Rose or, you know, I know I didn't live through. I kind of lived through it, but not really. I don't remember it. But like, you know, the Michael Jordan days and that that's obviously what everyone's chasing right now is just that legacy and that and that, uh, you know, those accomplishments. So that'd be cool to see. I think it'd be really cool to see another another championship in Chicago that's from the Chicago Bulls, you know, because I know that as far as like a fan base goes like that's as fucking die hard as it gets especially like nowadays like if you're a chicago bulls fan in my opinion you're like you went through a lot and i and i feel for you and but we're getting better and we're gonna get there so definitely is is something that uh you know we it's it's, it's good shit to look forward to so shout out to the bulls you know shout out to lonzo ball D. Rosen, all those guys, man. It, it good fucking moves in the offseason. And I feel like th- these fucking moves are gonna pay off. You know, so I hope it really does. Love to see that shit.
What else we got? Uh, the Chiefs blew out the Raiders. Like I said last time, this is the Chiefs podcast. So, yeah, I expected that to happen, you know, especially it being fighting for the number one seed in the AFC West. I didn't think Patrick Mahomes was going to go in there and allow the Raiders to come and fucking fucking beat them and, you know, humiliate them. And it was a really cool win because it was in Vegas. So that was really cool to see. You know, I know that uh, I have I have a couple friends that are Raiders fans and I know they were feeling that uh, on Sunday night they didn't. They didn't show their face on, on Facebook or on Instagram for a couple hours. So it felt good to shut them up, especially like after, you know, Patrick Mahomes having just fucking the worst start to a season in his whole career. And again, like this guy's worst season is some guys fucking playoff seasons or MVP seasons. So it's good to see that he's finally the shit starting to click again. And, you know, seeing the W's roll in again, that shit's fucking cool to see again. So what else? Kanye did a Drink Champs interview. Uh, let's talk about it. I thought it was cool. You know, definitely to see Kanye do media and do more of, like, the media that's very, like, it's very, allows him to be himself. You know, you could definitely tell that the questions weren't vetted. If those don't know, like, vetted means just, like, you know, questions that weren't ran by him, you know, just to make sure that he approved the questions. You know, I, I know that he's in the position to do shit like that. So it was cool to see that he's allowing the conversations to just like flow and kind of just, you know, go wherever it goes. Kind of like a freestyle of like a conversation. You know, it was really cool to like hear him talk about, you know, I, I, what he says is his worst uh, business move was signing Big Sean. I don't, I don't believe that. I think Big Sean is is a good rapper, and I think in the era right now that we're that we're in, he's definitely top five. You know, as far as like lyricism and and shit like that, because I feel like he could definitely hold his own with like the Kendricks, the Drakes, the J Coles. He's definitely from that era, like that early 2010s backpack blog era where like everyone was running to blogs and that piff and you know, rap radar and shit like that to get like the, you know, mixtapes and shit like that. Like that getting music at that time was fucking difficult. Like when cheap key first came out, I remember I used to have to like, I like this really old laptop that like my sister gave me. And I remember I would have to like download his, his music from, uh, from that piff or live mixtapes or whatever it was. And I would have downloaded onto the laptop, transfer that file onto iTunes. And then like, tried to get my iPod or my air yeah my iPod to like hook up to it that way I, I'm able to like download the music and man I know streaming services fucking suck for like the artists because they they really don't pay shit and I know that uh a lot of like newer artists especially like the local artists that I, that I have relationships with they tell me that like a lot of their funds is really coming off of like merch and you know of course, you you get checks from your Apple Music and Tidal and Spotify, but you know they're definitely making more of their music off doing shows, features, and and merch. So you know that that era was like definitely different, like especially with like the rappers that are then then are not here now. Like I know that Wale is still a current rapper. I know he was a really big rapper when when I was younger, especially like in that era. So seeing him kind of, he also dropped that thing for Lauren too, which I, I listened to part of it. It was pretty dope. You know, I didn't, I didn't really get through all of it, so I can't really give you an in-depth um, review on it. But it was definitely cool from the, you know, from the songs that I heard. It, it was really cool to see like a uh, more developed sound from him. And the same thing with Big Sean. Like I know he just dropped an EP. 
uh, last week with Hit Boy, and I thought, you know, Hit Boy, he can't miss right now. His fucking producing is fucking top notch, and he comes off of the Kanye, um, you know, branch. Even though I did see some interviews where he was like saying, like, I guess Kanye tried to like blackball him and shit like that after like refusing to work or some some shit like that. I'll look into a little bit more and maybe. In a future episode, we'll dive into that a little bit deeper and, you know, really see who's right or wrong in that situation. But I definitely feel the whole blackballing shit is, is that shit's bogus. I don't think anybody should be blackballed out of their industry because there's a lane for everyone. And just because that lane is interfering with, with what you're doing, that you shouldn't be a fucking hater. You should be, you know, you should be embracing that shit and, you know, learning from from the guys that come after you to help you stay relevant, which I think Kanye does do a really good job of that to an extent. But, you know, if the story is true that Kanye tried to get hit boy blackball, it's fucked up. But, yeah. So kind of like going back to, like, the drink chats, you know, I, I was <laughs> I was going off on a tangent. You guys got you guys got to stop me, man. I, I do that shit a lot. So it was really cool to see him just kind of, like, sit down and also, like, just bring a lot of awareness to, like, the Larry Hoover situation, you know. Uh, I think that was, that, that was really cool because he's bringing awareness to like the injustices of the justice system is putting on you know incarcerated you know black leaders you know he went from being a gang member to like a political prisoner you know and i don't really know the details on everything about larry hoover and shit like that but i do know that like a lot of the principles that he stands on and and a lot of the things that he preaches especially now is is very honorable so that i definitely that's definitely something that you know, if you're interested in looking up, I'm sure, you know, I know his son, Larry Hoover Jr. has like a whole bunch of shit on YouTube and on online that you can you donate to the cause or whatever it is. But again, I'm not the guy who you would come to that because I, I'm not affiliated on that side of anything. So but I do I do think that some of the things that they were saying, you know, kind of like being able to bring him back and kind of get, you know, hopefully restore some type of uh, I don't know if it would be like peace or, you know, just structure back to like the you know the you know the south side of chicago would, would be nice you know it just to kind of be able to see like you know kids not getting shot every day and shit like that and kind of just allowing kids to grow up finally because i know that that's like a really big thing in chicago and i'm not you know i'm from the chicago area but i'm not from chicago so sometimes i feel very taboo to talk about things like that because people who know me be like, bro you're not from chicago you're from such and such so uh, it's definitely one of those things, but I, I, it's, it's near and dear to my heart because I try my best to like, you know, set a good example, not just for like people in general, but for like my kids and shit. You know, I don't want my kids to see, you know, any of the bullshit and and think that any of that any of that stuff is like cool to follow and thinking it's cool to be outside and just do loser shit because that's all that's all it really was. Like it's just losers, you know, just doing loser shit and you know I know that. Um, not everyone in that lifestyle is bad, but I also do, you know, there's a lot of negatives that come with it. So it would definitely be nice to have someone who the streets respect and honor, you know, that can come and have some type, give some type of guidance and leadership to the streets and, you know, really try to put an end to, you know, a lot of the gun violence and shit like that, because I know that you have like the mayor and the police and you have organizations and shit like that. They try to go out and do things and, all that but it's it's really hard to listen to someone who you feel like has never been through what you've been through so it's you know from the outside looking in you know or even when I was growing up you know I would have like teachers and shit like that come up to me and try to like 
you know, tell me, you know, you got to you gotta start being better. You got to start doing better. And it's hard to, it, to me, it was like, yeah, it's easy for you to say, you know, you grew up in fucking Schomburg or you grew up in fucking Skokie and you grew up in these really nice neighborhoods. Like it, it, it's, it's easy for you to say, you know, so it's, you know, and that's a story for another day. Hopefully later on down the line, we can definitely open up about, you know, things like that. But yeah, so. It was definitely cool to see him do, again, off on the tangent. <laughs> it was cool to see Kanye give an interview and kind of really get into the into the, th- into the way his mind works, you know, and, and kind of like opening, opening the curtain to let everyone come in and really get to pick at his brain and see what he's about and what he's doing and shit like that. So that was cool. It's definitely a good interview. It's a, it's a two-part interview on the Drink Champs. So I definitely recommend, you know, if you're a Kanye fan or if you're just a music fan in general, I definitely recommend you watching it because, it, it again, it gives you a really good insight of, like, how he processes shit and how he sees things. So that's that's really cool, you know. So, yeah, you know, that's, just, that's episode four of the We All One podcast. You know, it's not one of my longer ones, but it's definitely one that I, I felt like needed to get out there, especially because of, like, you know, the Astro World thing. Um, It was something that was was sitting on me i sat on for a little bit i i pushed to you know wait to really speak on it i wanted all the information to come out i didn't want to speak ignorantly on on, on these situations and that's what i'm trying to do so yeah it was it was one of the, that, that was one of the reasons why you know i waited so long to talk about it because i know this happened you know um, i i want to say like a week and a half ago almost two weeks now it's been a little bit now but yeah i appreciate everybody for coming out tuning in to episode number four you know we're gonna we're gonna be doing a lot of these and you know i have we have some stuff working so i i hope you guys tune back in on episode five and you know make sure you guys go on go on the socials go on the we on one podcast instagram page follow like engage you know we're gonna be trying to do a lot of shit on there so i want i want as much engagement you know share share these episodes share the page like this is a this is a podcast for the people by the people. I love saying that shit and I'll probably put that shit on a shirt one day because it's just it's it's so homegrown. You know, I know that when people are like listening to like new artists and shit like that, especially when you get on it early, you love to be like, yo, let me put you onto this shit. And I want that same feeling. That's like the feeling that I'm chasing right now. You know, I, I definitely like it when people reach out to me and tell me like, yo, my boy Lolo put me onto your podcast and this shit was so dope. You know, I, I appreciate you and you know, being the voice for the voiceless or, you know, just being, you know, that that person who's really speaking up for like people who don't have a voice. And th- that's what I do it for. That's the shit that keeps me motivated to want to keep coming back and, you know, doing research and really just being in conversations, being in the loop. You know, if, there, if there's topics and things like that you feel like I should be, you know, touching on, definitely reach out to me, you know, uh, reach out to the uh, on the We On One podcast page. You know, we're very responsive on that page. So definitely reach out you know if it's something that you feel like needs to be you know something that needs to be brought to attention um you know reach out that's that's, that's what we're about over here is a community over here for us you know so again thank you again for tuning in and i hope to you know have everyone back on episode five so i'll talk to you guys later